It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Marley. Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. Thank you, Gavin. We appreciate our producer. You have found the Love Ladies right here on KTXW 101.1 FM, 1120 AM, The Bridge, Austin. We are so grateful that you have joined us today. I am Coach Carrie Brinkader, and I am in studio with my co-host, Kathy Enderbrock and Marlene McMichael, sitting right across from me. Man, what a great day. Hello, ladies. <laughs> Hi, Coach Carrie, Marlene. Oh, my gosh, it's great being with you ladies in studio in Austin, Texas. What a beautiful uh, day today is. This fall weather that we have been getting after a pretty brutal summer. Not and so, pretty brutal. Very brutal. <laughs> yes, she was go. in Idaho. So <laughs> what does she know? <laughs> well, I, I'm just loving it. Aaliyah and I, uh, last night, I, I came to visit um, my married daughter Ooh. and staying with her and her husband. And she was washing the dinner dishes like a good wifey. And I just started <laughs> laughing. I just thought, well, this is, this is just the fun funniest thing ever. Can I get a picture and post this? <laughs> my my daughter doing the dishes after dinner with a smile on her face. And um, I just, uh, married life has been so wonderful for them. They're just enjoying it. And um, she just brags on her new husband all the time, how wonderful he is and uh, what a great choice. And I just, so my, my joyful cup is just overflowing and today as I, I come get to be with you ladies and so and Marlene this is a pretty interesting time for you you're gonna be or you just had your birthday yes and that's enough of that <laughs> She does not like any attention yeah, at all. The funny part was, and, and please understand what I'm saying. This is funny, but um, my my brother, who's who is actually a year older than I am, and I was born on his first birthday. Oh, is, so our birthdays are the same day, and he called my daughter to say, "Let's all go to dinner," and of course he's from Louisiana, so he's driving a long way for this this dinner, and uh, he says, and I want to get balloons for your mom, and with the, the number on it, and she goes, don't do that, <laughs> <laughs> and she went, I mean, she just went, he goes, what's the big deal, and she went, do not do that, I'm telling you, she will cut you, <laughs> and I went, you know me well, Car, because no, I don't, you know, I'm in total denial of getting older, so. You know, there. I think this is one of the, the, the things about, you know, we never feel as old as we are. And God is like, oh, yeah, baby, you got a long life to live. Like, don't, right. don't you worry about that number. It says nothing about you. It just, you know, yeah, it's the number of years that we've had our feet planted on this earth and just living out the kingdom. But, boy, I, I just, I'm like, well, I don't even know if we're going to have, like, birthdays in heaven it'll probably be like our baptism day and what happens when we reach like 785 that'd be super cool i don't know it's kind of funny we were discussing in my uh classes a few weeks back birthdays and because we always celebrate birthdays in our classes and um they said you know after you turn 29 you can really be any age you want so you know i was like hey that's that's all right i like that so how old are you today and they're like well i'm feeling um 55 today <laughs> or whatever <laughs> and they're really 75 right yeah. and so so fun I love that I love that well Marlene you look stunning as usual 
Um, you're so beautiful inside and out, and we're so grateful that you were born this past week and that we get to enjoy you. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, um, and, and I love the guests that you've lined up for us today, and, you know, we've had her on the program before, and wow, what an incredible program that mm-hmm. that was. And for those friends who don't know her, we are going to be introducing her in a minute, but just to let you know, we do have Gina Parker with us today, so we'll, we'll get to Gina in just a moment. You can always go and look up the the previous interview we did with her. Just go to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com. Just key in the search words Gina Parker. That program will pop right up to you for you. And you can also go onto our podcast and uh, pull up the same. So we're excited to have her in again. She's written this book, and the title of our program today is Hush Little Baby, Don't Say a Word. And I love, Marlene, this key verse that you've really anchored today's program in and the discussion that we're going to have. It's all around Psalm 91, verses 1 through 4, which says this, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. And I just love that. And every time I read this scripture from the Psalms, it makes me think of Christ when he looked back on his people with um, tears in his eyes and said, Oh, Jerusalem, how I have wanted to gather you under my wings as a mother hen gathers her chicks. And mm. um, that's my paraphrase. I'm not sure I've gotten that exactly <laughs> right. But it just, I'm just, it, it just reminds me of Jesus' words there when his feet were set on this earth. Because obviously in, in Psalm 91, we don't, we don't have Christ yet. He wasn't born. I mean, he was, he was there with the father, but not in human flesh. And so I just love what an incredible God that we serve, that he wants to gather us up under his wings and just love on us and protect us and keep us all warm and fuzzy, you know, Feels like a cozy blanket. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yes, that, that actually verse four is one of my favorite verses. And it's, I actually try and visualize what it would be like to be hiding under his wings mm. and, and, I read a story this week. I think my daughter sent it to me, but it was about the the, the largest bird in existence, and it can fly for like 50 hours. You what? know, it's just an amazing. Um, and I've forgotten the name of it. So sorry. <laughs> I didn't plan to talk about that. Um, but it, it under those wings there is protection, and it just um, it, when I get uh, unsettled, that's where I go. I go yeah. under his wings, and I visualize that until I'm comfortable again. Oh. But I'd like to introduce our guest today, and that's Gina Parker. For those of you who were not on our last show, we talked about her first book. I think it was your first book. Is that she's nodding? Yes. <laughs> so it was the 828 Journey. Well, the girl's very busy and very productive, and so she has a second book out, that's and that's what we're going to talk about today. But Gina Parker is an attorney and a successful businesswoman, as well as an author and a speaker for churches and women's groups. She's also a graduate of Baylor University with a uh, Bachelor of Business Administration, but she also graduated from Baylor Law School. So she She's was, a smarty pants. Yeah, she was pants. a prosecutor, and, and now she has her own law practice. But she considers what she does in even the legal profession and ministry uh, to share uh, the love of Christ with all those who enter her building. Mm-hmm. 
And anyone who knows Gina knows that she's uh, been very involved in the political arena uh, as well as in her own church. Uh, she uh, was served as the National Eagle Foreman, Foreman Chairman for Judicial Reform, and it was a past recipient of the National Outstanding Eagle Award for Texas for her contribution in support of the U.S. Constitution. She uh, was also a gubernatorial appointee to the Texas Commission on Licensing and Regulation. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it is a state agency, and so that's a, a a very um, uh, prestigious, prestigious, I guess a good word, <laughs> prestigious appointment. Uh, the, this commission handles everything, uh, you know, in the work and business arena and, and make sure that anybody from athletic trainers to water well drillers know what they're doing and wow. that they are licensed. Um, as a community leader, she's uh, donated legal services to help families and churches in crisis, and she's also been a volunteer and speaker at sexual abuse recovery seminars and served as a board member for the Waco Family Abuse Center. And, and I could really go on with all of mm -hmm. the things that she's done in her church, um, but let's just say she's been busy and active, <laughs> and she takes her faith in God very seriously. And so she's spoken to particularly women's organizations in Texas, in the United States, and all over the world. So um, please welcome uh, Gina Parker. She's the author of The 828 Journey, and the book we're going to talk about today is soon to, well, actually it is released, I think, uh, Hush, Little Baby, Don't Say a Word, Wait While He Waits, While He Works, excuse me. Wait uh, While He Works. W I wait love While that. He Works, that's right. Welcome back, Gina. Well, thank you for having me again. I'm looking forward to today with you. Well, I cannot believe what a prolific writer you are. You, I, It feels as if you just finished A2A Journey, and now you have published yet another book. So congratulations, Gina. Thank you. I appreciate that. Wow. You know, Gina, one of the things that I just love so much about you is that you really hold the secular and the sacred together in the same hand. And I think so many of us as Christians, we somehow separate out the secular and the sacred. We say, well, here's what I am in the world, and this is the job that I do as the secular, and then here's my, the sacred, my, my faith, and, and my involvement in the church. And, and I think that you have done it so beautifully and so rightly that you say, no, the secular and the sacred, they are meant to be us together walking out our faith every day in the world, that, that the sacred is supposed to be stepping into the secular and making a kingdom difference. And I just think you do that so beautifully. Well, thank you. I, um, early on, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me that there is a crossroads between prayer and politics and that we can't make a difference for the kingdom in any arena, though, whether it's business or law or politics, that our faith should be reflective in everything that we do. Mm. Well, so we have just so many questions for you. And so we're just we're just going to jump in with a few of these and kind of put you in the hot seat, okay. if, if, if you will, because we really want to learn about this book and the story that you're telling and um, and 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 what your hope is for these readers. And, and I know we've asked you uh, this before, just about your journey with Jesus. And we love to, to ask our, our readers, our list, we love to ask our guests this so that our, our, our listeners can really understand 
their walk a bit more. Can you share with us when you realized that Jesus loved you and really know, knew that he loved you? Uh, when I was very young, I was saved at the age of nine. And so I grew up in a Southern Baptist church. I heard the gospel preached every Sunday. And uh, my family, uh, my parents loved the Lord. And so I, that started very young. So I have a deep root of knowing God and knowing that he loves me. Mm-hmm. And you really felt that at nine? Did you have a point maybe when you were a teenager in your 20s where you go, oh, okay, Lord, I get it now. This is what you mean by a deep abiding love. Was there, was there a point for you when that happened? Or you just always felt it? Honestly, from my childhood, we I had a Baptist preacher where I grew where we uh, went to church, and uh, you know the Baptist church were very focused on evangelism, and so I heard the gospel message so many times that it impressed upon me Jesus dying on the cross for my sins and the great love that He had for us, and then also the power of the cross, and so I think because of that. Really, it started when I was young. I was also involved in a group called Girls in Action. And GAs. You know GAs. <laughs> GAs. And so that also uh, impacted my life. It made a big difference because it gave me a heart for missions and evangelism and, and to reach the world uh, with telling people about Jesus. I mean, I would witness to, as a teenager even, I took my entire basketball team to church with me. <laughs> And so, and at that time I was charismatic, so that was a real stretch. Uh, so uh, it was a little bit different than the Baptist church. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, through the years was always uh, in love with Jesus. And uh, it doesn't mean I didn't have temptation, as any of us do, when, especially when we're young. Uh, really, all through our lives, the enemy is coming to tempt us. So, but we have to continually live a life of surrender to God. In the first book, I talk about the concept of Coram Deo, which means a life that's lived under the authority and to the glory of God. And that's really what he calls each one of us to do on a daily basis. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much for that. Well, Mm -hmm. Gina, we have so many questions for you about this book, about your journey, about what you've been doing and what you have been through and what really inspired you to put pen to paper and, um, and and get another book out for your audience and for others to really learn and grow from. Friends, we are going to take a break and hear from our sponsors that keep Love Talk on the air. Gosh, now for 38 years, lady, are we 37, 38, 38 this years? This year, this, is, this right now, this month, 38 years. It's so mm-hmm. incredible. Well, these are faithful sponsors. You can trust them. We trust them. They are our friends, and they are... They're also doing, bringing the sacred into the secular every day as they walk that out. Well, friends, stay with us. We will be right back with Gina Parker and Love Talk. Stay with us. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These Casa friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at Casa at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. 
So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. Are you looking for a new church home? Or maybe you're new to the area. Either way, we here at First Baptist Church Pflugerville would love to welcome you to visit with us this Sunday at 11 a.m. for our worship service. We have a myriad of different grow groups at 9.30 a.m. And if you need more information, just click the big orange New Here button on our website, fbcpville.org. We hope to connect with you in the near future. And we hope that when you do visit with us, you'll feel like family here. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow, these guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-2580. Or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. And welcome back, friends. You're listening to Love Talk Radio on the Bridge Austin at 101.1 FM and 1120 AM. I'm Kathy Indebrock, and in studio with my co-hosts, Carrie Brinkader and Marlene McMichael. I love these ladies. I know you do, too. And today we are talking with another amazing woman, (laughs) Gina Parker. We're talking with her about her new book, Hot Off the Presses, titled Hush, Little Baby, Don't Say a Word, Wait, While He Works. Well, Gina, we're so excited to have you on the program today. So we're just going to jump right into this and just ask you if you can tell us Tell us about your book and what really led you to set the time aside in your incredibly busy schedule and prioritize this and write it. Well, that's a great question. Um, I just finished writing The 828 Journey, and those books had arrived uh, and unpacked those books, and it was just within a few months, and I found myself and an even greater trial than I thought imaginable. So uh, my husband was very sick with long-haul COVID. Uh, He had a stroke. There were a lot of problems surrounding that, plus great financial loss. We lost about $4 million as a result of his sickness. So every area of my life was impacted. And so during that time, I felt powerless to change anything. I felt helpless. One day my life was picture perfect. We were set for retirement, happily married, and then everything changed. Literally, I can remember the day. It was March 16th of um, 2022, and uh, so it was a very difficult, uh, long year, and I began to cry out to the Lord to speak to me because when we're in the middle of a battle, we definitely need a word from God. We need a a strategy, And and I am one that I press into God to hear, and so the first thing I heard him say was to hold my peace, to not say a word, and to wait while he works. And mm-hmm. so it was, you know, really over a year before I saw any real change. And uh, day after day, and days turned to weeks and weeks to a month and a month to a year, and now to the second year. And we're still overcoming a lot of things, my husband and I are, that we suffered. And so God was saying, let me work on your behalf, you know, be still and 
that's the title, Hush Little Baby. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom used to sing that to me uh, when I was little, Hush Little Baby, Don't Say a Word. Mm-hmm. And there would be such a peacefulness that came with that. And it was as if the Lord was saying to me, Hush, Gina, don't say a word. And in that, there's great peace that floods your soul. Such a peace. Uh, in the Message Bible, um, there's a passage of Scripture that says, basically, to be calm, cool, and collected. Mm. <laughs> the last thing any of us ladies want to feel when we're in the middle of a tragedy, or men for that matter, anyone, when you're facing tragedy and trauma and loss, the first reaction is not to hold your peace. You know, uh, the first reaction uh, is not to stay calm and cool, but that's what God called me to live out, and it was a journey. I spent probably over a thousand hours that year in the Word, just days every weekend, and that's how the book was birthed, was during that time in the Word of God. He would just give me a chapter at a time, and I would write it as fast as I could write. Wow. Wow. Amazing. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, as you wrote, it was almost the Word of God coming, speaking through your pen or your typewriter or your uh, computer. And so that's that's truly amazing. What, um, what, what was the, I mean, what was the support network around you during this time? Because, I mean, I'm, obviously, uh, I, I know how close you and your mother are and, and you and your brother are. And so what was the thing that God used to, or person, that God used to minister to you to, to remind you just to wait? I would say, uh, of course, my mother. She was, uh, um, she's my best friend, and she was certainly there for me. But uh, I also had a really dear friend uh, who's an evangelist and has a prophetic gifting. And uh, she would often tell me when I'd want to pick things up, drop it, sister. Oh, wow. (laughs) Let it go. And, you know, would remind me of God's faithfulness. And she called steadfastly to check in on me. I mean, just every few days she would check in and make sure I was okay. The interesting thing, during that time, my mother was also sick. Mm. And so, uh, in fact, they thought my mother, uh, we found out that she might have to have uh, open heart surgery because she had a tumor on her heart. And so it was a very, uh, this whole year was full of a lot of tragedy. And so we prayed and believed God for healing. We went to the hospital and above her at Providence Hospital here in Waco, on the ceiling it had the scripture, be still and know that I'm God. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she went in to determine uh, whether they were going to do the procedure to remove the tumor uh, open heart or they could do it some other method but they were thinking uh, it would be open heart surgery that already given us all the information about how to prepare so this was just a perfunctory procedure basically just to make sure uh, and at, at her uh, age you know it was very risky and so they came into the room after they had done the procedure to determine whether she was going to need an open heart uh, procedure to remove the tumor and they said there is no tumor wow It was a real miracle. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was really hard because I was coming off such a hard year that, you know, I just was uh, like, God, how can I do this? How can I see this through? And at the time, I was thinking my husband might end up having to have surgery as well. He had um, tumors on his adrenal glands, but uh, he didn't have to have surgery. So I thought we were facing two surgeries back to back within a few weeks of each other. 
that God healed my mother, and it was really a miracle. Yes. Wow. That, I love that. You know, you're, wow. Um, you, you mentioned in your book, the description of your book, it's a, a teaser, right? Um, tragedy struck suddenly, and you were swallowed in grief, overwhelmed with feelings of powerlessness and hopelessness. So as you walk through this, you're, you're talking about your mom before you knew that the tumor was gone. You're talking about your husband and just his massive health struggles. You were feeling powerless and hopeless. What, what happened? How did you take all of that to God? I mean, obviously you said you got in the scripture, but Gina, that's a lot. It was a lot, and the loss was so devastating uh, you know, and, and because of the COVID impact on him, he just wasn't the same. Uh, mm. So it's very difficult. So he he wasn't able to be there for me either. But, you know, honestly, I cried a lot. And mm. I write a chapter uh, in one of the chapters I talk about how David talked about how he would grieve until even his body was uh, felt the pain of the grief. And mm. so there were there were many days that I was actually. Uh, I would just lay on the floor and cry out to God. I mean, that, that's just how it is. A lot of times people see you as a speaker, or an author, or leader, or minister, and they think, oh, you, you know, you've got, you don't have any problems. But, you know, I find that God uses people that he takes through the fire. <laughs> so yeah. I've been through the purging process, I'll say. And so, you know, but during that time as I cried out to him, he ministered to me. And one of the greatest things that he spoke to me, because of, during uh one day in Paris, to God, I'm so broken, and my heart is so broken, and I feel like there's a lot of, you know, pieces that are shattered, and the Lord gave me a very encouraging word, and he said, she who has a hole in her heart has room for the glory of God. Oh, wow. And that created a huge shift in my mindset about what was happening. Wow. You know, Gina, what you said just gave me kind of an epiphany, maybe a full circle moment. I was speaking with a friend uh, this week who's really going through a, a horrible time and has been for years. And I just asked her if she felt paralyzed um, about, you know, just not knowing how to move forward. And your picture of being on the floor and just crying out to God is basically what she's been doing now for years. And she just does not know how to move forward. But the, the thing that I thought of is it, it, what you've so eloquently written in your book is the Lord saying, hold on, let me work while you wait. And that's, I mean, that's it's exactly right. When we are going through these horrible things and we just feel paralyzed because we do not know how we are going to put our right foot in front of our left foot or even get up to make dinner, or, or even get out of bed, right? The Lord says, hold on, I'm working, sister. I am working. You're waiting, but I need you to go ahead and get up. I need you to clean yourself up, okay? you got things to do, but you're waiting on me. I'm working. I'm going to reveal it. And is that is that kind of how you felt during this time of just feeling so hopeless? Absolutely. And what I, I found during that time, I did not realize how many Bible stories there were about waiting, you know, because mm -hmm. we'll hear a lesson and we're focused on that one Bible story. 
But what the Lord showed me, too, um, is because uh, I'm a fixer <laughs> and a problem solver by training as a lawyer <laughs> and a thinker. And so I'm like, well, if I can just think hard enough, work hard enough, then I can change the trajectory of what's happening. But the Lord, um, I saw this Facebook post of this little girl, and she was sitting on the ground, and there was this huge crack in the ground. And she was putting Band-Aids on that crack. (laughs) And it was like, I thought, wow, that's me. And it was like looking at myself and my personality type. And God spoke to me. He said, I want you to move from being a fixer to a truster. Mm. And so that's a huge, that's a huge change in the way I think now. So as I encounter things, this changed my makeup, my personality. I would say God transformed my personality to where now my first reaction is not, how can I fix this? But it's God, you know, I'm going to lean into you and I'm going to trust in you. So that's a real shift for me. So when you look at the Red Sea crossing, and that's where that scripture comes from, be still and know that I'm God, you know, and unless, uh, that's Psalms 46.10, but to the Egyptians when they were faced with the Red Sea, basically he told them to hold their peace. And that he would deliver them. I'm, I'm summarizing the story here. But the, it's so fascinating. He also told them that the reason he was going to do that is so that they would know that he was the Lord. And he would make his name known to them and to their enemies. So in that waiting, we come to know God. And that's what Job said, too. Job said, oh, you know, basically, I thought I knew you, you know, but now I really know you. And so I believe that that's what God does through these times of waiting. We decrease. He increases. And we see the greatness and the glory of God. And our focus is on him. So the waiting is not just so I'm twiddling my thumbs waiting around. Mm -hmm. The waiting is so he can reveal his nature and his character to me. Mm -hmm. And that is where we, uh, that's what lets us move forward. So if we don't find him in the waiting, we're going to get stuck in grief. Okay, I think, you know, the typical person would be angry at God. Did you have to fight anger? And also, what about the naysayers, the friends who were circling around you, much like they did Job? How did, how did you, and I'm guessing they were there, uh, but how did you deal with that? Well, I think um, the way I handle anger is uh, I'm a workaholic. <laughs> so yeah. I, I was, my, my husband has a tendency to worry and I have a tendency to work. So, yeah. you know, um, I'm a laborer. And so instead of getting angry, I, I want to work to fix everything. And mm-hmm. so I, I never really had a sense of anger. I had more of that deep feeling of hopelessness. And one of the words God gave me during that time, because I did, I felt hopeless. It just looked impossible in the natural. It looked like my marriage was going to be over. My husband, I I would say um, February or this time last year and into early February uh, this year, uh, I didn't know whether he would live or die. Mm. He was in such bad shape. And so, you know, I felt hopeless. And the Lord spoke to me one day. He said, your assignment is hope. During the waiting, we we have to stay fixed on hope. And there's a scripture in Acts in the Message Bible. It says to pitch your tent in the the land of hope. So you're going to pitch a tent in the land of hope. That means you're going to stake out this place where you're waiting. And you're going to wait on God. You're going to hope in him. And God said, your assignment is hope. And if you will hope in me, I will reconcile. 
I will restore and I will redeem you. And the word redemption, it means to be rescued from violence. And that's what any tragedy is. Any trauma is a violent encounter. And, and usually, you know, a lot of times I'm not talking about somebody killing you or hurting you. Just the, the when you walk through it, it's, it's an assault on your soul. It's an assault on your spirit. And so um, that's one of the things that helped me was to stay centered on hope in God. I would sometimes I didn't have faith, but I had hope. I know that sounds kind of a little, you know, that hope helped me hang on. It's like that anchor that I was hanging on to during that time. I'm going to hope. I don't see anything, God, but I'm going to hope. We, you know, we've said on Love Talk that you need to hold on to that rope of hope, mm-hmm. and that's Jesus Christ. And um, and Gina, I have this question for you. So, you know, when you are overcome with grief and despair, and I, I know that sometimes we feel alone, and I love that you pressed in to God because, you know, sometimes we can, the accuser comes along and he says, oh, you failed God. You're a mess. You know, you're only, you're only able to deal with success. You're not able to deal with difficulty. And he starts whispering all of these things into our, our ear. And, and we look at the loss and, and the enemy is always quick to point out loss. And cause you know, he just, he, he, he loves loss and, and destruction, but you said that while you're waiting, I just want to make it clear here that when you're waiting, you are not just going to, you're not just saying, okay, I'm going to wait in hopelessness and despair and grief. You're saying, okay, I am going to wait, but instead of hopelessness, God is calling me to press into hope. Instead of feeling alone, I'm going to know that he is with me. Mm-hmm. Instead of pressing into despair, I'm going to press into trust. Mm-hmm. So so you are, are learning and drawing closer to God all this while that you are waiting. But how, how long do you wait? I mean, how do you know when it is time to get up off of the floor? Mm-hmm. Good question. Well, that is a good mm-hmm. question. And uh, I think that, you know, if you, God will lead you and he'll show you steps to take. You know, with the, when the walls of Jericho came down, he told them exactly how many times to march around the wall and uh, to enter into praise. I think that's one thing. When you, you will sense a shift when you move from this crying and praying. And I read the word, like I said, probably a thousand hours in, in a year's time. I just kept putting the word in me. That's how I survived. It literally was my daily bread. If, if I didn't get in the word, I would struggle that day. But mm-hmm. as I began to come out of that and I began to see the greatness of God, then I shifted into a place of worship where I could worship while I waited. And that began to lift me out of despair and lift me out of hopelessness. And so instead of just hanging on, I began to live and thrive again. And so I would say that worship, just like what you see, you know, when the walls of Jericho came down, he told them to march around the city seven times. And on the seventh time, you know, to do it again, (laughs) to do it seven more times, I believe. And uh, so, uh, or six times, I take that back. So the seventh time, I think that marched six times. It was a total of 13 times, I think, that went around the city. Don't quote me on that. You might get a call from somebody <laughs> about this. But uh, anyway, they went around the, the city of Jericho all these times. And then he said to give a shout. And when they were commanded to shout, and that the walls would come down. And so I think that's true, that God leads us. And he brings us in close to him. And then at that point, you know, God begins to lift us out of that as we lean into him and we see his character. Then we begin to worship him. When you see him, you cannot help but worship him. Mm -hmm. And I would say what happened was I saw God in the fire. 
And um, in fact, this week God gave me a vision, and I saw this hole that had been dug, and the enemy, Satan, had pushed me in this hole in this vision, and he began to shovel dirt on top of me and bury me alive, and that's how I felt during this time. But I was a shoot, I, I was a like a sprout that came out of dry ground mm. because I had the word of God. That soil has nutrients in it that he tried to bury me with. <laughs> And then the reign of God's spirit. So as a result of that, you know, I was able to be, uh, to grow, you know, and to uh, come out, you know, he thought he was going to bury me alive, but instead I was able to grow in Christ in that situation. Or like a friend of mine said, I learned how to breathe underwater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So what happens when we lean into him, but really you're going to, you know, in that place, we need to see God. We need to see the gratefulness of God. And understand the character of God that He is faithful and that He's good, and that He is not our enemy. And sometimes, like what you were saying, we believe those lies of the enemy, and we start accusing God. We get mad at God and say, "God, why did you let this happen?" And you know, we're mad because of that. And so, uh, you know, I think at that point, we don't always have to have the answers. When you keep on trying to figure out why or how. You get into this. Uh, that's one of the ways the Lord told me, gave me three examples of not not waiting. One is don't let your mind be on a merry-go-round. And He actually told me, don't worry your pretty little mind on how this is going to work out. <laughs> and so I'm like, but I want to figure it out, God. And so He'll give you instructions at the right time, just when you need them, and He'll help you at the right time. And He wants your uh, he wants your trust more than anything else. And remember, Satan wants your trust too. So you've got God over here calling mm. you to trust him. And Satan over here lying to you, telling you that God's not worthy of trust. But God wants you to trust him totally and fully in the middle of the fire, in the middle of the storm, that we have to have our eyes fixed on him, waiting on him and resting in him. You know, Gina, I I am so struck by the way you keep talking about God gave me a word, right? You said at the beginning that the Lord spoke to you and said, hold my peace. Do not say a word. Wait while I work. Then again, you said God gave me a word and he said your assignment is hope. And then just now you said God gave me this vision. God gave me this word. Don't worry your pretty little head about how all this is mind, your mind, how all this is going to work out. Gina, I think kind of the age old question that a lot of us ask ourselves is how do I know when God is speaking to me? How do I know? You know, one of my favorite chapter titles is the suddenlies of God. And and I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, The suddenlies of God. Talk about that. Yeah. Talk, talk about that. How do you know when that's God's voice giving you those words? Well, I think, first of all, uh, you know, it comes first from the Word of God. So we have to be, and there are three voices that speak to us. The voice of the flesh, okay, that, you know, in a difficult situation and it created a lot of stress on our marriage, the voice of the flesh says to run. (laughs) I don't have to live with this. I'm going to get out of this. Okay, so you have the voice of the flesh. Then you have um, the voice of the enemy saying it's never going to get better. Uh, you know, one thing, one of the things I struggled with was my age. I'm, you know, I'm 61. I thought, man, I'm old. I'm going through a lot. And, you know, is there hope on the other side of this? <laughs> and so, you know, and so the enemy's lying too. So you have, 
you know, the voice of the flesh, the voice of Satan, the voice of the enemy. Then you have the voice of God. And one of the things we do as we grow in Christ is we learn to discern the difference between those three voices. And the word of God is so key. One of the reasons you see people get out there and prophesy all kinds of things about what's happening in the world and various things is they're not in the word of God. So if they're... Sometimes they're spot on and other times they're so way off. And I think the difference is, is whether you're reading God's word, because that's what keeps you grounded. It's your foundation. If I'm in the word of God, that word of God is going to speak truth to my life. It's implanted in my soul. And then it will rise up and bring forth fruit. And it will make my heart ready to hear the voice of God. Now, as far as the suddenlies that Marlene was asking me about, that was one of my favorite chapters. <laughs> so I was out on the uh, patio. Uh, it was a hot day. and uh, It was, um, I mean, you know, we've had two hot summers in a row, uh, you know, back to back. And a beautiful backyard. And I was out there in the heat, though, just because I, you know, felt God outside. That's my refuge, just to be outside. I had this, uh, the Word of God there, and I was studying. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say to me, that he was going to do a suddenly, like a mighty rushing wind. And I was actually reading, you know, the ch- chapter in Acts, Acts 1-8, where it says that a mighty rushing wind came on the day of Pentecost, and, you know, it, uh, all the believers began to speak in unknown tongues. We all are familiar with that story. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say that I'm going to do a suddenly, and it's going to start in your home, in your city, and it's going to spread that I will do a suddenly. And the suddenlies of God are when it's a divine intervention. It's when we need a miracle in our lives, when we need the power of God, like on the day of Pentecost. I need God's power in my life in this situation. And so uh, the actual meaning of the word miracle, when you look at that, it's made up of two Hebrew words, letters, I mean. One of the letters means trial, and one of the letters means um um, I tell you what, while you think about that, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back to that very thought. All right. The Hebrew words for miracles. Oh, friends, I, I know you can tell that the word of the Lord is just oozing out of every pore of Gina Parker. We're so grateful for you, Gina. We'll have more with Gina Parker and her new book, Hush Little Baby, Don't Say a Word, right after this. Don't wait. Score the best deal on the home of your dreams at the three-time awarded Community of the Year Santa Rita Ranch. With top-rated amenities and school districts, our 20 available move-in ready homes priced from the 200s won't last long. See for yourself why 2,000-plus neighbors love life at the ranch. For more information, visit us at SantaRitaRanch.com. SantaRitaRanch.com. 
Are you recovering from an injury, need to regain your health, or simply want to improve your golf swing? HeartFlex can help. HeartFlex is an innovative exercise tool for all fitness levels. Made in the USA, HeartFlex has helped countless Texans improve their fitness by increasing strength, boosting circulation, maximizing flexibility and endurance, and speeding recovery from surgery. It's small, portable, and lightweight. HeartFlex can be used standing, sitting, or lying down. No springs or rubber bands to snap back and cause injury. At less than $40, shipping is free and has a 30-day money-back guarantee. Nothing can stop you from improving your health today. You can learn more and to order yours, visit HeartFlexUSA.com. That's HeartFlexUSA.com. Hi, friends. This is Kathy Enderbrock with Let's Pray Today Ministries. Are you struggling in your marriage with anxiety and depression? Have rebellious kids or, or just want to pray for your children? Maybe you simply don't know where to start in prayer. We specialize in creating the tools to help you learn how to pray and pray effectively in a variety of life issues. Get your free MP3 download today on the topic of your choice. Go to www.letspraytoday.com and click on shop for your free audio prayer download. Become a friend on Facebook and let us know what prayer topic you Welcome back, friends. You are listening to Love Talk Radio on the Bridge Austin at 101.1 FM and 1120 AM. I am Kathy Enderbrock in studio with my amazing co-hosts, Coach Carrie Brinkater and Marlene McMichael. And we are just finishing up this conversation today with Gina Parker. Her, her new book, Hot Off the Presses, Hush Little Baby, Don't Say a Word, Wait While He Works. And friends, as we went out to our last break, to get a word from our sponsors, Gina was just starting to get into this word, miracle, the original mm-hmm. Hebrew letters that make up this word. And Gina, I'm sorry we had to cut you short <laughs> to hear from our, our sponsors, but we do love them. They keep us on the air every week. And But so just could, if you could pick up there, we are dying to know. Oh, we're living to know. Yeah, we're living to know. <laughs> I don't plan on dying right now. <laughs> so we were talking about the sunlies of God, about God's divine intervention. The word miracle is made up of two Hebrew letters, one meaning basically misfortune, tragedy, those, those types of things, suffering. And the other Hebrew letter actually means uh, basically divine intervention. And so when you think about that, you know, every tragedy or trauma is an opportunity for God's divine intervention in our lives. So we all need miracles. We need those suddenlies in our lives. And so um, during this time, the Lord just was encouraging me, don't give up. You know, I will do a suddenly. I will work on your behalf. And my power is unlimited. My resources are unlimited and my hand is not short. And I see you. I see what you're going through, and I'm there with you. Wow, that is incredible. I love yeah. that. And you were you were talking with us earlier when we were talking about this waiting period and some of the direction that God gave you. And and you mentioned the first one, and I so identified with it. You said, "Don't let your mind be on a merry-go-round." Um, and but you said that there were three things, and, and so I'm really wanting to know what those next two are because I do tend to get on that merry-go-round, and I have no idea how to get off sometimes. That's true. So uh, the three things um, God showed me on how not to wait. The first one, He gave me a picture. Uh, he says, "Don't be this busy beaver. You know, just busy, busy, busy. That's not waiting. Waiting means you still your spirit." 
And uh, you literally wait on God. You wait for his instructions. You're at rest and at peace. And that's very difficult to do. So, you know, remember in trials, God is teaching us. He's training and equipping us to become more like him and so that he can use us. So he wants us to learn to be still, not to be that busy beaver. And then the second thing uh, he said is don't let your mind race, basically. Don't get on this merry-go-round in your mind trying to figure it out. Why God, why? When God, when? How God, how? But you rest in him and you trust him. When your mind is going at warp speed, you're not waiting on God. You're not resting in him. And he promises us peace that passes all understanding. And he does say that we will hear his voice. That's what his word promises. And then the third thing, and uh, this is a hard one for me because, you know, being a lawyer by trade, I like to talk. (laughs) What we're trying to do is to advocate. And so he said, don't be like those toy teeth, you know, the little toy teeth that you wind up and you set them on the table and they just clatter across the table. And so don't be a chatterbox. Uh, Don't be always talking about your problem. And that's one of the things where my mom was very helpful. She would say, well, you know, she changed the subject or, you know, in other trials that uh, she had faced and I had faced, we would, we always walked together and she would say, let's not talk about our problems today. Let's not make that what we focus on every day all the time. And sometimes that's what we do. We do it with our girlfriends. We do it, you know, we find somebody who will listen to us about what we're going through. And that's not always bad. That's not a negative. But when you get stuck on and you just keep on you know, talking about the negative place that you're in and everything that's happening and you never get quiet before God or you never get quiet even with your friends, then it's hard for God to interject himself into your situation. Mm-hmm. Gina, I love that you quoted this verse from Philippians 4, 6 through 7, peace which surpasses all understanding. That has been kind of my life verse when we talk about prayer and and learning how to pray and and something that really has struck me that I've been writing a little bit about lately is that peace trumps understanding peace peace trumps understanding so many times we say if only I could understand the why if only I could understand the how then I can have peace and God says yeah that's not how it works peace (laughs) trumps understanding so you don't have to understand to have peace you can just have peace. And I love these steps that you've given us to slow down, to get our mind off of the merry-go-round, and to experience peace and hope and trust amidst this kind of an incredible trial. Uh, Gina, I know there's going to be friends that are listening today to today's program, and they're going to be desperate to get your book in their hands. How can they do that? Well, they can go to my website, GinaGParker.com, and uh, they can order both books there. And I have uh, study guides for both books, so they, those are free. The study guides can be downloaded for free, and they can get the book from GinaGParker.com, or they can uh, order from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Walmart. That's there wonderful. you go. You know, I want to go back to the suddenlies. I, I, I know there for myself, you know, I, I do at least pray about the problem. But um, sometimes I'm, I know God must think I'm repetitive because I'm just, it's like, help me, God, help me, God, help me, God. And then suddenly there's a whisper in my spirit mm. and I know God heard me and he's talked to me. And that to me is uh, that warm embrace um, from my father. I mean that is that's amazing, yes. and and I think that um, 
if nothing else, it's something to hold on to in the dark hour, you know. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the um, God wants to reveal his character yeah. to us. Um, and suddenly is a demonstration of his power. I talk in the book about how slowlies are a demonstration of um, his, his character when things are slow, you know. But... <laughs> We get to know the character of God, the goodness of God. But when he does a suddenly and moves quickly in our lives to change the course of direction, that is where we get to see the power of God. And uh, early on, uh, in, when I first started this journey, uh, this trial, I had a vision. And in that vision, I was saw myself as a five-year-old little girl, and I had on a white smock, and it was pouring down rain. And I saw Jesus, and on his uh, robe was written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I ran as hard as I could to him, and I hung on to his leg. And he reached out and he touched me on my head. And see, that's what he's wanting. He was saying, I'm going to reveal my power to you. I'm going to reveal that I am the Lord of Lords. I'm going to reveal to you that I'm the King of Kings and that I am in control. And so my my part in that was to hang on tight <laughs> with a childlike faith and to trust in him for that suddenly and to wait on him until he works, just like the, the subtitle of the book, Wait While He Works. Mm-hmm. In persistent faith, Marlene, I totally agree. Sometimes I think, wow, God, I'm banging on your door again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But he says that that is how we get answers. Absolutely. I, I remember a, a um, joke that I heard um, I mean, when I was just a baby, baby Christian, and it was about this uh, soldier who was in Japan during World War II, and he he was down into the trenches, but he everybody else had left already, and he goes, you know, he's down there in the trenches, going, "Help me, God! Help me, God! Help me, God!" And the angels look over heaven and they go, "Oh, it's Homer again," <laughs> you know. But the, and I sometimes feel very much like Homer, but the fact is. He's asking for help, and God is hearing, and that's great. I mean, I see God as a powerful God, but I also see him as a sweet father. Absolutely. Um, You know, Gina, we don't have much time left, but I love the title of this chapter, From Monstrous to Marvelous. Give us a little snippet of of that chapter. Sure. As I was coming out of the other side of this trial, that God gave that word to me in the book of Joel. Of course, the people were, you know, living in sin, but and all the locusts came and destroyed everything: the food, the crops, the the fields. People were dying. The cattle were dying. It was a really disastrous time. But it was monstrous, is how the word of God describes it in Joel chapter two. And He swept all the locusts out to the sea, and there were so many of them dead that it created a stench. And he said that he turned the monstrous into the marvelous. Mm. He did the miraculous for them. So when we're faced with the monstrous, Mm. even if it's from our own bad choices, or maybe it's because of someone else's bad choices, God can take the monstrous in our lives like he did in the book of Joel, and he can take those devastating situations and turn it into the miraculous. Mm. He can turn it into an absolute miracle. And he can do the marvelous, and he can do the miraculous in our lives. Mm. Wow. Friends, 
You're gonna you're gonna want to get this book. You can go to GinaGParker.com. Again, the name of the book is Hush Little Baby, Don't Say a Word. And while you're there, you might as well pick up Eight to Eight Journey. I have that book. I have really enjoyed it. It is a blessing to my soul, Gina. Um, thank you for giving us your time today. And I am just so always impressed by you and just how much the Word of God just lives inside of you. It's everything that comes off your tongue. It's the way you carry yourself. Um, wow. I know this this friendship between you and Marlene is really beautiful as well, so I've appreciated um, watching that too. So thank you for being on Love Talk, Gina. Oh, thank you for having me. It's, it's really a, a blessing. I appreciate it. Well, friends, we love you. Again, you can go to GinaGParker.com. You can go to uh, Amazon, Walmart, Barnes & Nobles. You can pick up this book uh, anywhere um, on those sites. Uh, we would encourage you um, at Love Talk to go and find a church, friends. Find a place where you can get planted and get into that scripture. Friends, it will change your life. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on all the socials at Love Talk Network um, and our web our um, podcast is love talk all one word so you can find us there apple spotify and you can see our bright shiny faces at any time friends we love you and we're so thankful for you and jesus loves you and we'll see you next time right here on love talk